Season four of How We Win is here. For the past four years, we've been making history in critical elections all over the country. And last year, we made history again by expanding our majority in the Senate, eating election-denying Republicans in crucial state house races, and fighting back a non-existent red wave. But the MAGA Republicans who plotted and pardoned the attempted overthrow of our government now control the House, thanks to gerrymandered maps and repressive anti-voter laws. And the chaotic spectacle we've already seen shows us just how far they will go to seize power, dismantle our government, and take away our freedoms. So the official podcast of The Persistence is back with season four. There's so much more important work ahead of us to fight for equity, justice, and our very democracy itself. We'll take you behind the lines and inside the rooms where it happens with strategy and inspiration from progressive changemakers all over the country. And we'll dig deep into the weekly news that matters most and what you can do about it with messaging and communications expert, co-founder of Way to Win, and our new co-host, Jennifer Fernandez-Ancona. So join Steve and I every Wednesday for your weekly dose of inspiration, action, and hope. I'm Steve Pearson. And I'm Jennifer Fernandez-Ancona. And And this this is is How We Win. Win. Thanks to Everlane for supporting Muller, she wrote. Would you buy a t-shirt for $50 if you knew it only cost $7 to make? We wouldn't either. With Everlane, you never overpay for quality clothes. And right now, you can check out our personalized collection at everlane.com ag. Plus, you'll get free shipping on your first order. And thanks to Best Fiends for supporting Muller, she wrote. Best Fiends is a unique and exciting puzzle experience unlike any other puzzle games out there. Best Fiends updates the game monthly with new levels and events so it never gets old. Download free on Apple App Store or Google Play. And thanks to Skillshare for supporting Muller, she wrote. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for our listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right. Skillshare is offering Muller, she wrote listeners two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. Thanks to Policy Genius for supporting Muller, she wrote. Policy Genius is the easy way to shop for life insurance online. In just two minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price at policygenius.com. This is Sarah Kenzier from Gaslit Nation, and you're listening to Muller, she wrote. So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That, that's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, the, our position is. I'm not aware of uh, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I didn't have not have communications with the Russians. What do I have to get involved with Putin for? I have nothing to do with Putin. I've never spoken to him. I don't know anything about him other than he will respect me. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist. Hello, and welcome to Muller She Wrote. I'm your host, Jordan Coburn, and with me today is Amanda Reeder. Hello there. AG is gone this week. And she's having a day all. off. She is having a day off, yeah. I'm she's, so proud of her. Yep, she's with family. She's watching some pig skins. Is that what it's called? Dude, football? I, I, she's I, watching football <laughs> <laughs> with her family. <laughs> Whatever. I was thinking those crunchy pork rinds. That's what I was thinking. No, no, I was thinking pig skins. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh god everyone who's listening to us who knows anything about football is cringing every yeah. time we talk about sports it's a shit show <laughs> yes i have one team that i like and it is the patriots and it is because i was born there oh fair enough inside the patriots and uh other than that though that's yeah i I am pretty useless when it comes to sports how was your week my week was pretty good just got back this morning from a trip to la and um i basically just went there to eat food and dance and see friends and that was that was really nice fantastic yeah sounds really fun yeah um i also had a great week i recorded a podcast with um, one of our patrons, actually, Scott. He's a super old school patron. He started his own podcast oh, cool. called Way Off the Record. Nice. Yeah, we did a fun interview, and he's just getting started on that podcast. So big ups to Scott. And if any other patrons want to start your own podcast, we're a huge fan of that, obviously. So yeah. start your own pods. And um, yeah, let us know if you've got other projects and stuff. We'd love to hear about it. Oh my gosh, that is, I, I love that idea. You should tweet at us at Muller Shiro with the podcast that you're working on or your creative projects. Yeah. Love that. A lot of people too are already just like amazing creators oh. and have projects too and stuff. So, so many awesome creative people mm-hmm. who are fans of our show. Yeah. Love hearing about it. Yay. Uh, so we have a great show for you all today, including an update on the five Trump cases that are working their way through the courts. Uh, three have made it to SCOTUS already, so stick around for that interview later in the show with Uncle Blazer. Um, and before we get started, we wanted to start by thanking one of our patrons who we, we sent out a call for coasters a really long time ago mm-hmm. uh, because we're always drinking things in here mostly water nowadays the alcohol days for recording are gone <laughs> those are long gone <laughs> too much of a intense too, yeah. recording schedule for that yeah too many lost recordings <laughs> that is just like oh god all right this is this is done we have people listening now um but someone sent us these really really great ceramic coasters so i just wanted to uh read the letter real quick they said uh, this is from tamara thank you tamara she says hi ladies Muller, she wrote, is a lifesaver. I'm a potter, and one of my favorite ways to decompress is to listen to MSW while I make pots in the studio. One day, while glazing a pot, I heard your call for some more coasters, and I thought, I can do that. It took me a while to squeeze it in, but here they are at last. My husband picks up what he calls street metal while he's out riding his bike. Most of the time we toss it, but when he found a tire balancing weight that says Muller, I hung onto it, knowing I would find a use for it eventually." Your coasters were just a ticket, so I made a stamp from the weight, and off I went. I hope you enjoy them. I'll certainly keep enjoying your news with swearing. Uh, yours in hope, Tamara. Um, yes, P.S. If you'd like to see more examples of my pottery, you can find that at uh, Tamara Beecham. That's T-A-M-A-R-A-B-E-A-C-H-U-M dot com slash art dash shop cool yes yeah really cute little um handmade ceramic coasters very cute very sweet yes they're beautiful i love Mm. them thank you tamara um so yeah we love stuff if you have stuff that's cool and it behooves you send it to stuff (laughs) we have our our stuff website on our our, our, wait our stuff address on our our website we have our stuff website (laughs) we have our stuff website we have yeah our address with our po box is listed on our website mlrshiro.com indeed um, we also just want to say that we misspoke last week. AG had said that all patron levels, uh, or she mistakenly had said that only a certain patron level was going to get our in-video setup, but she actually meant to say that all patron levels are going to get the in-studio video setup once that gets started up. And AG will be putting out a series of book club episodes that are just for patrons at all levels. Again, this is another all-level perk. 
Uh, it's going to be book reviews of the new book by the founders of Fusion GPS. So that's going to be fantastic. We have previous book club episodes that uh, always get released to patrons first. And those are really a good, they're a good time. They're, they're you know, books when you don't have to read them mm-hmm. or you get to read them and get commentary. It's great. Yeah. Only enhances the experience. Exactly. Yeah. So check that out if you're not a patron. Um, you also get ad-free Daily Beans if you are a patron. Our newsletter you'll get, that comes out on Fridays now. You'll get thank you gifts from us. You'll get pre-sale tickets to live events and access to meet and greets and access to bonus episodes and bonus content. So if you are not a patron yet, become one now at patreon.com slash wrote. Uh, again, that's patreon.com slash wrote. Sweet. Yeah. And now it's time for our favorite segment, Corrections. It's a mistake. It's hard for me to say I'm sorry. Oh, I made a mistake. Alrighty, so I'm gonna lead corrections today, Jordan. If that's okay with you. Woo-hoo, yeah. Yes. So this is no rules. The, no rules. Aj's gone. Aj's <laughs> not here. Do whatever we want. Um, so this is from an anonymous listener, and she says, "You guys are great. I listen every morning to keep with the news while maintaining my sanity. Uh, sorry to keep up with the news. You guys mentioned Racies in Texas as a good organization to donate to help with the situation at the border. This is a great organization, but it is important to note that Racies only provides refu- aid to refugees in Texas. While Texas is huge, it is not the only border state and so it is important to donate to other organizations as well so yeah awesome very very great point i did not know that thank you so much yeah totally and she also says uh you guys make me laugh every morning and i often find myself using your nicknames for many republicans in my daily life (laughs) which confuses people moonez (laughs) <laughs> milkshake matt gates yes um this is from pete and he says new listener big fan thank you pete he says paul manafort's fashion fetish was actually ostrich jackets not lizard unless it's both and i'm uninformed <laughs> i forget where lizards came into the picture i don't at know at some point they did but definitely ostrich for sure what i know for, i know he's right on that yeah um uh, where are we here? Uh, from Dan. Thanks for giving us some Brits some light relief from our own shit show at home. This is so slight tangent here. I was chatting with a British friend at a party over, over the weekend and we were talking about the upcoming UK election. Total shit show. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, not a correction per se, but this there was a discussion of whether Nicolas Cage has done anything good. And I was screaming <laughs> oh, no. at you all. Adaptation. <laughs> oh, okay. And then he says, the way Cage simultane- simultaneously plays two characters and manages to make them both utterly pathetic and repellent and yet also sympathetic is awesome. So oh, yeah. someone really loves Nicolas Cage. Yes, <laughs> we did have a... We had quite the ups and downs of shitting on him and trying to find redeeming qualities. (laughs) Then he says, keep the Justice Born coming and come and do a show in the UK sometime. We'd love to have you. I'd love to go there. That'd be so good. That would be good. Um, This one was from Elizabeth, and this one was written specifically for me. Thank you, Elizabeth. Mm, Yes. Um, (laughs) Hi, Mandy. I understand what you were saying about voting being a privilege. Um, Yeah, I think I said that on a show last week, but I disagree. Yes, there are people in other countries who do not have the rights we have here in the United States. That's kind of what I was referring to, that Mm -hmm. like globally it is a privilege to, you know, to live in a democracy. Um, And she goes on to say... um, 
yes, we need and yes, we need to be super appreciative of our democracy. But voting is not a privilege. It is a right. There is a huge difference between those things. Privileges have to be earned. Rights are given. I only point this out because of the trolls who seem to think it's no big deal to have to produce a photo ID at the polls. <laughs> These folks seem to feel that people should have to work for their rights, which is backwards. You should never have to work to exercise your democratic rights um, through getting a photo ID or traveling out of town to a polling place or whatever. Rights are rights. Yeah. That's a great email. Yeah. In a global environment, it's safe to say it's a privilege. Mm-hmm. On a national environment, it is 100% a right. Absolutely. If that is fair to say. Yeah. And if not, we will get an email. Yeah. And we will read it next week. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, where else? We got, um, I think, five or six uh, corrections about this from Thomas C., from Christian Ingersoll, from Martin L., from Jack, from Alex T., from Stephanie, from Judy S., and from Kay. Apparently, uh, when we were talking about Miracles app, the Immaculate Conception, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we got it real wrong. Yep, yep. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> I saw that on Twitter. <laughs> um, yes. So, um, so Jesus was the virgin birth. The Bible doesn't refer to it as anything but basically being visited by the Holy Spirit. So, Zapped seems right. The Immaculate Conception, of which you refer, is actually Mary's conception, yes. where she was born without original sin. Amazing. Um, I did not know that at all. Neither did I. Yeah. And I tried to be like, oh, yeah, I know this because I studied it in college but i should have went on to say that i got a c in that class yeah uh so we got a whole bunch of corrections about this um and uh and then there was one more that said um she was she was conceived in a sinless state essentially is is the uh, the doctrine reading of that so mm-hmm. thank you guys all so much for that suggestion um sorry we didn't know that yes <laughs> yeah or correct correction right? yeah. uh, yeah. correction that suggestion <laughs> i think it's pretty well documented yeah. yeah um yes uh one more here okay at least as far as they're concerned um actually a couple more so uh anonymous says love your optimism about democracy thank you we try um the supreme court justices are matched up with particular uh circuits but not as chief judges or justices of those circuits as you mentioned on the show Mm. um the matching is simply an internal division of labor at the u.s supreme court in order to split up all of the workload of time sensitive motions like requests for extensions uh coming from each circuit so, okay. And then she links or um, uh, anonymous links to um, a SCOTUS blog um, uh, blog post about that. Cool. Two more quick ones here. So um, this is this was a really interesting one. So this is from Josh F. In the Daily Beans episode Miracles app, you wondered why Sarah Pitlick would be against IVF. I grew up in a very conservative evangelical Christian home with pro-life parents, so I can offer a quick explainer for her views. According to the Daily Beast, she comes from the Thomas More Society, a pro-life law firm that advocates for religious freedom. The pro-life movement believes that life begins at conception. During IVF, multiple eggs are fertilized, but only one or two are actually implanted. Depending on the decision of the person or couple receiving treatment, the rest may end up being destroyed, which the pro-life people view as uh, murder. Um... He then goes on to say, my wife and I are of uh, uh, one of the one in six couples in America facing fertility issues. So this makes us exceptionally fucking angry. I'm not really sure what we can do about it, but thank you for at least bringing attention to these issues. And uh, apparently uh, the podcast Opening Arguments has mm-hmm. done some episodes um, or has has brought this up yeah. um, some brought up some IVF cases in recent episodes. So um then he says, thanks as well for leaving B-roll audio on the patron feed. It makes <laughs> I got a good laugh out of it. Um, yeah. That's yeah, that's really crazy. interesting, huh? So I'm confused because then the question becomes like, well, first off, thank you very much for sending that email. Yeah. Was, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yeah. And I'm really sorry that you're struggling with mm-hmm. those issues. I can only imagine how hard that is. Yeah. 
Um, but, but back to pro-lifers argument, I, I, arguments, I can't, where else mm-hmm. would the eggs be going anyway? Like, is it murder if you don't fertilize your eggs? Well, yeah. Because they're, they're saying you've harvested these eggs debate, right? and you're choosing only right. certain eggs, which then is like yeah. not fertilizing the other eggs. Is that what, they're, is that what the argument is? I th- Did I, think, I understand that? I think the suggestion is that like, I think it's more just like you're you're playing God essentially is what right. it comes down to, right? Like you, the certain fertilized eggs you may discard of is what they're saying. Yeah. But um, a little bit more. Oh, one final okay. thing for context here. We got one more correction from Emma, who said people are also often against IVF and surrogacy because that is often the way that same-sex couples and singles can have babies. Hmm. Right. Which would only kind of strengthen the resolve to totally. be against this sort of procedure. Absolutely. So, that makes complete sense. Yeah. So that's all for corrections. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Cool. If you have any corrections for this or for or for MSW or for the Daily uh, Daily Beans podcast, please head to MullerSheWrote.com, click contact, select corrections, and we will get it right eventually. Uh, we have a lot of news to get to today, so let's jump in with just the facts. <laughs> All right, kicking it off. This week, Wednesday, we had an impeachment hearing in the House Judiciary Committee featuring four constitutional law scholars, three of which were called by the Democrats and said that they believe Trump committed impeachable offenses, and one that was called by Republicans and basically said it's too soon to determine whether or not he did commit impeachable offenses or not. These were not fact witnesses. Uh, Republicans did not let us forget that throughout any, any of the hearing. These were legal minds called into the committee to give public guidance to congressmen and women on what conduct they believed was or was not impeachable, and presumably what should be included in the articles of impeachment that congressmen and women are planning to bring against Trump. So the three Dem-friendly witnesses reiterated throughout the hearing that Trump withholding aid to pressure a foreign government to open up investigations into his political opponents is a clear abuse of power that constitutes an impeachable offense. Uh, here's some of what we heard from the Dem witnesses. So we had the very tweed-like Noah Feldman from Harvard Law say, quote, On the basis of the testimony and the evidence before the House, President Trump has committed impeachable high crimes and misdemeanors by corruptly abusing the office of the presidency. Uh, then we had Stanford law professor Pamela Carlin. She was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was. I think one of our shows last week. I was just expressing my adoration for her. Totally rad lady, super badass, uh, and just another continuation in the saga of women killing it in these hearings. Yes. Uh, So Carlin said, quote, the evidence reveals a president who used the powers of his office to demand that a foreign government participate in undermining a competing candidate for the presidency. Uh, Very true. Very shitty. Very awful. (laughs) Next up, University (laughs) of Carolina School of Law professor Michael Gerhardt said, quote, the record compiled thus far shows the president has committed several impeachable offenses, including bribery, abuse of power, and soliciting a personal favor from a foreign leader to benefit himself personally, obstructing justice and obstructing Congress. So he really went in, uh, especially on the obstructing Congress he piece. Went he went very hard, mm-hmm. uh, rightfully so. The list of high crimes and misdemeanors breached by Trump, according to the Democratic side, included uh, they had the ABCs of impeachment laid out, right? They made it all cute. <laughs> they had like a nice little storybook <laughs> format for it. I don't think I saw that particular part. Uh, yeah, there, very cute. There was uh, <laughs> abuse of power, 
betrayal of national interest and corruption of elections. Not cute topics at all, <laughs> but presented as yeah, the ABCs of impeachment, which also Republicans were just like harping on. Just saying, like, your ABCs of impeachment can't even won't mean shit. Whatever. <laughs> Is there a particular Republican who's inspired that um, impression? I guess I was thinking Jim Jordan, but yeah. then it got, it got a, I don't even, I don't really know yeah. where it went off the end there. But yeah. That's why we need video. Yeah, You guys definitely. are missing all of Jordan's hand talking. It's very sad. <laughs> They'll see it. That's another thing. Become a patron, right? We'll get the video. Um, it'll be nice. Although I am in pajama pants right now. Oh, Grinch pajama pants. Grinch pajama pants. Yeah. $14. Old Globe Theater. <laughs> Shout out. Um, anyways, so yeah, the um, we're going to hear that over and over again, I think. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll see when they pick up their their next hearing um on monday how much they're going to adhere to that sort of like abc format we'll we'll see how many articles of impeachment they actually wind up sort of uh fleshing out maybe in that hearing uh, but we'll get to more on that hearing later so th- that was the dem side the other one guy the other <laughs> republican called uh, witness if you will he is a scholar at George Washington School of Law. He's named Jonathan Turley. Turley did not take the stance that uh, Trump didn't commit impeachment offenses necessarily. Uh, I should say impeachable offenses, sorry. Uh, But what he did, the stance that he did take was that committees haven't seen enough documents and testimony yet to make that determination. The comparison between the three pro-impeachment witnesses and the one who was like, well, I don't know, like you have three people mm-hmm. being like absolutely impeachable. He's breaking the law like this is unconstitutional. He can't be doing this. And just so much clarity and conviction in what they're saying. And then the Republicans bring out Turley and he's like, well, um, it's like bad, but is it that bad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We don't know yet. What the fuck? We have to wait to hear things <laughs> yeah. from people. Yeah. Even though I'm going to fail to acknowledge that those people have been prevented. Un- uncooperative? Yes. Well, have been blocked. Yeah. A lot of them just have straight up been blocked from coming in for, by the White House. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, talk. yeah, just talking about that whole point. That we'll we'll get to that. I'll get to that bitching later. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's just, it's such a pointless defense or argument to make when you're sitting in a in, within the walls of a chamber that is half populated by people that don't want certain witnesses to come really ultimately because they wouldn't be helpful to Trump's case and then on top of that Trump himself is not going to come in um and then on top of that we have you know them wanting to call people like Adam Schiff and yeah. the whistleblower who are who are people that 100% are not going to be called as long as the democrats have anything to say about it because there it's just an absurd group of witnesses to want to call yeah yeah um but turley said uh, I believe this impeachment not only fails to satisfy the standard of past impeachments, but would create a dangerous precedent for future impeachments. Uh, so now this is, yeah, it's obviously kind of a self-defeating witness for the Republicans because they're saying they shouldn't move forward because they haven't seen all the evidence. But like I said, the White House keeps blocking those people and that evidence from coming to that committee. So, of course, there are, you know, the outliers like I was talking about, Adam Schiff, uh, you know, the whistleblower, just people, people that Repo- like Democrats are not going to entertain. So um, refresh my memory here a little bit. Who are some of the people that we know have been blocked from testifying by Trump? Well, there's the people that are having lawsuits that are like working their way through the courts right now, like mm-hmm. Kupperman. Mm-hmm. And then there's people that are there's 
Damagan, which mm-hmm. is one that now is in appeals and we're still waiting to hear back on that decision. But right. that's a huge witness for obstruction of justice counts, right? Because mm-hmm. that's all the way back from Mueller report stuff. That doesn't even have anything to do with Ukraine. But there's there's McGann, there's Kupperman, there's Bolton, who I guess we're just kind of waiting to see if he's going to go rogue and come in and testify anyway. Mm-hmm. But there's witnesses that are more in that camp. And then there are witnesses like Adam Schiff and like people that Republicans want to call in and use to peddle the narrative that they just coordinated with one another, that mm-hmm. Schiff coordinated with a whistleblower. They came up with this story and how they were going to attack it from these different angles. And then it was all just a complete contrived hit job, right? Irrespective of all the facts that we already know from Trump's own transcript that he released. (sighs) (laughs) Sometimes. Yeah. It leaves you without words. Yeah. Which is not a good thing on a podcast, so. (laughs) No, definitely not. I do think, though, to your question mm-hmm. ukraine gate they've seen they've had an easier time getting the essential witnesses to come in yep you know there i can't um it, it's not comparable i don't think to the amount of resistance that they face in the Mueller report stuff yep um but i also do think that he's just doing this across the board wherever he can so of course it's still it's it, there's like his financial documents, for example, that he is just doing anything that he possibly can to block from getting to Congress and to getting in front of any sort of eyeball that is going to see it Mm -hmm. and think, oh, wait, no, okay, yeah, this is actually as bad as I thought it was. And then if they're Republican and they see that, they're either going to have to lie to their constituents, Mm -hmm. and obviously the Democrats are going to take it and run with it like the uh, ballers they are. (laughs) Ballers. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's kind of where where that one Republican was at. Um, not not super effective, I don't think. Did you get I, a, Did you get I a chance to really watch? I watched. Mo- yeah, I did. I watched part of his hearing. Um, I, I, I I guess I'm surprised. I guess I'm not. I mean, I'm not surprised because it's it shouldn't be easy to find someone who can who can produce a credible defense, right? Because there is not one. Mm-hmm. But how in my opinion how the poor performance of jonathan turtley speaks volumes as to where we are if that was the person that they if that was there yeah you know yeah they didn't even have anyone to come in and say yeah no this wasn't wrong right they had someone come in and say we don't know yet we can't make that determination we don't know how wrong it was yeah basically yeah yeah well also what i've really been struggling with recently and this again is like a shift in public sentiment and a shift in like culture how we've basically gotten to a point now where we're just like well yeah some level of corruption is completely normal Mm -hmm. some level of corruption is completely fine it's the get over it and it's the like you know you know it's it's i feel like honestly since 2016 Mm -hmm. the level of corruption that we normalize the level of corruption we're supposed to accept without like without losing our shit over it yeah is become unreasonable yes and that's kind of their that's their positioning where it's like you have to expect some level of corruption there's going to be some level of corruption in government like Mm -hmm. you know it's not as bad as you think it is essentially yeah totally and i also think i mean going it's it goes back to when you know trump early on was saying well u.s interferes in other people's elections all the time Mm -hmm. To somehow make some sort of excuse for Russia doing it to us and then the crazy, unprecedented way that they did, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. We're being gaslit all the time. Yes. Yeah. 
And we skipped the part. So we have like we have our political landscape, right, mm-hmm. where both sides 100 percent are guilty, I think, of engaging oh, no, in corrupt acts. Right. <laughs> yeah. I full heartedly believe that Republicans and people that give money to Republicans typically are going to be involved in corrupt acts at a higher rate. 100 percent. I maintain that. But I know that Democrats also have a history of doing that stuff too right sometimes Mm -hmm. they're not perfect but we're going from that understanding of a reality Mm -hmm. skipping over the part where we're talking about how we need to address corruption everywhere and then just jumping right to the part where we say you know that it's acceptable everything is corrupt nothing matters right right it's like whoa you're missing a huge step in that determination which is addressing the corruption and trying to fix it yes yeah and they're able to make that argument to any sort of effectiveness to their base that the democrats are the ones that are actually corrupt mm-hmm. because you know Schiff and the whistleblower whatever and andre uh alexander chalupa and, and all of these mm-hmm. These other conspiracy theories, they're able to just make that argument now under that umbrella, that guise of Mm -hmm. there being corruption on both sides. It's just. Yeah, that comes back to, too. And I don't know if you're bringing this up later or but the when you were talking about the documentary that Giuliani is making right now. Yeah. Again, it's part of this like alternate reality, like we're going to expose their corruption. Yes. It's like, no, we have courts that do that. Yeah. Unfortunately, the DOJ is led by a Trump sympathizer, but there are still plenty of courts and court proceedings that are happening and lawmakers and officials who are doing whatever they can to actually for them. Yes. To actually go through due process. Yeah. And yeah, do what I've said it's supposed to be done to investigate those things. I've said this before. Conspiracy theories. Um, I've said this before, but something that is actually to America's benefit right now in this particular time that we're in is the fact that it's a really like litigious country. Mm-hmm. You know, I was talking yeah. to a friend over the weekend about Definitely. how the, there's a general strike taking place in France right now. Have uh-huh. you heard about this? No. Okay. Oh wait. Um, I think I saw a headline that said people are advised to like cancel their yeah, trips over there. They're cause... upset with Macron over certain cuts that he's doing, and I don't have the specific details like, on the the list of things that they're protesting. But it's it's about cuts and um, austerity um, fundamentally. Please correct me if I'm wrong on on that. I'm sure I am. But um, as a, a six in ten French people polled support this general strike. I mean, bike shops are selling out of bicycles because people are refusing to. Um, people are not showing up for work. People are not running the trains. Like they're doing a general strike. Damn. Society won't function until he concedes on some of these things. Now, would that happen here? Probably not. However, what America has, which a lot of other countries do not have, is this like fiercely litigious culture, mm-hmm. which is, I think, is to your benefit right now. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. The bummer about that, though, is that anyone can sue anyone. Really. Yeah. yeah. Anyone can waste anyone's goddamn time and money. Yeah. So it becomes endless suing. Yes. Yeah. Which is fucking yeah. Nunes. Yeah. Sunez. <laughs> Devin Sunez. <laughs> it's absurd. His list his list of fucking lawsuits right now is absurd. He's suing entire newspapers. He's suing Twitter accounts. He's su- he's suing all of Twitter. He's suing all of CNN. He's suing all of Esquire. It's like he's suing individuals. He's fu- it's so fucking insane. Cool. But anyways. So that was that. Yeah. That was Wednesday. Um, <laughs> then uh, Saturday, drawing from what 
was heard Wednesday, the House Judiciary Committee released a report outlining the historical arguments for impeachment. So this came out Saturday. Uh, We can assume this report was released in anticipation of the next impeachment hearing, which is scheduled to happen Monday or today now, if you're not a patron and listening to this early. Uh, So if this this is is the Miller Short episode, so it goes out on Sunday. Oh, goddamn. Yeah, Sorry. it's the Daily Beans that goes out the night before. My bad. FYI, if you Whoops. become a patron, you get your Daily Beans Whoops. episodes the night before. Well, there we go then. <laughs> well, then in that case, if you're listening when we drop this, get up early tomorrow because uh, they're doing a hearing tomorrow. So that's um, basically what they're going to be doing in that hearing is presenting the cases for and against impeachment as informed by lawmakers in the House Intelligence and Judiciary Committees. Uh, this hearing, by the way, is reportedly going to be conducted like a trial. Mm-hmm. And could be the last hearing that we see before articles of impeachment are drafted. So, damn, that's tomorrow morning. Yes. Okay. So definitely a bookend-ish, mm-hmm. uh, a very important thing to tune into, as if everything that's been happening in Senate or House Intelligence and House Judiciary hasn't been incredibly important over the last few weeks. But <laughs> yes, tune into that. Uh, And as all this has been transpiring, there's been the looming question of whether or not the White House plans to participate in any hearings moving forward. Nadler gave the White House a Friday deadline to state whether or not they uh, could anticipate their participation in the hearing on Monday. Um, I mean, surely you think Trump couldn't wait to get himself in the room to set the record straight, right? You would think. On what he says has been perfect conduct, Uh right? Uh, But wrong because friday the white house cancel p- cancel the white house god i wish the white house was canceled <laughs> fuck uh the white house counsel pat cipollone sent a letter to jerry nadler and here's what it says i'm just gonna read it because it's pretty historic it's also pretty short so here we go dear chairman nadler as you know your impeachment inquiry is completely baseless and has violated basic principles of due process and fundamental fairness nevertheless The Speaker of the House yesterday ordered House Democrats to proceed with articles of impeachment before your committee has heard a single shred of evidence. House Democrats have wasted enough of America's time with this charade. You should end this inquiry now and not waste even more time with additional hearings. Adopting articles of impeachment would be a reckless abuse of power by House Democrats and would constitute the most unjust, highly partisan, and unconstitutional attempt at impeachment in our nation's history. Whatever course you choose, as the president has recently stated, if you are going to impeach me, do it now, fast, so we can have a fair trial in the Senate and so that our country can get back to business. Sincerely. Pat A. Zipaloni, Castle of the President. Damn. Yeah. Really, like, that reads like not very official language to me. Did you get that sense too? I don't, I mean, right? It's like, yeah, it was, aside it was, from the like whining. Yeah, it was somewhat informal in its language. Yes, um, it is. But the tactic of turning it around and calling them abusive of power and them unconstitutional. Oh, right. It just, it, same tactic makes my eyeballs want to pop out of my head or something (laughs) totally we talk about this all the time and i feel like a broken record kind of but because it's every time it happens we point it out but it's like just accusing the other side of the same shit that you actually exactly over and over again verbatim abuse of power Mm -hmm. really yeah abuse of power god damn yeah he says here also, I mean, single shred of evidence. That's such like such a fucking informal, unprofessional way to like cool. Then write a letter. Then like why that. don't you come in and defend yourself? Then yeah, exactly. <laughs> because they know that their client is a fucking idiot. It would make everything a thousand times worse for him and everybody else that's involved if he came in. And they know that shit. 
but so they're not coming. There's that. The thing um, is, though, all of these people who have their political futures tied to Donald Trump are not going to let this fucking ship go down easily. Yeah. At right. all. <laughs> right. You it's going to be the, yeah, the hardest, the hardest fight on the way down. Just an entirely futile effort. Yeah. Into, nah, maybe not entirely futile because unfortunately it's just there's just like yeah racist whack-a-moles everywhere in the country like they'll go down in dc and then pop up somewhere else and fucking come to power in some other shitty way they have so much money it's so sad it's really scary moving on um keeping it positive <laughs> yeah i'm sorry keeping it positive yes. on the show <laughs> also breaking late friday from the hill uh, Adam Schiff has sent a letter to Mike Mike Pence formally requesting that he declassify documents related to his aide, Jennifer Williams. We saw her testify to the um, House. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jennifer Williams' testimony, that was in front of Intel Committee, right? So Williams had remembered new details about a call that took place between Pence and Zelensky on September 18th. Mm-hmm. So that's September. That's after July, right? That's mm-hmm. after pretty much most of the shit's gone down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Pence's office had said that the new details she remembered about the call happened to be classified details, so she had to submit a classified supplemental statement to Congress about that call. Now, Schiff is requesting this information be released to the public to basically just further corroborate evidence in the inquiry. Yep. Um, Pence last month said that he has no objection at all to the release of the call, so Schiff is basically calling him on that uh, He's like, oh, really, bro? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, this is a quote. Your willingness to release the transcript of your calls with President Zelensky necessarily means that you do not believe there is anything contained therein that would cause any harm to U.S. national security if publicly disclosed, end quote. Mm-hmm. So called out, right? We'll see where that goes, though. Hopefully we'll find out soon. Um, do we know Do we know what it was? And do we have exactly any what, inkling as to what? I have no idea. Hmm. Right. I mean, I mean, I would think, let's see. So she's, I'm imagining. We'll AG's beans on this tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, my hopeful beans mm-hmm. are that there would be details in that call that would outline either some kind of, you know, Pence calling Zelensky being like, hey, a damage control kind of call thing. Yeah, sorry about him, dude. Like this shit. We got a whistleblower complaint. You may have heard about that thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, let's like talk this through. And then whatever content is in, I can't imagine why else they would be talking right right what's up buddy we're just dudes <laughs> we're, we're just dudes chilling out how's it going Zelensky? clearly you have no <laughs> idea how men talk to each other Jordan. <laughs> yeah what's up buddy we're just dudes <laughs> so nothing, you, nothing to see or nothing to you, talk about you know what though okay a slight tangent sometimes when i see men interact with each other and the way that they speak to each other you know in a convivial way i'm like that's how men communicate huh interesting yeah very different than how women communicate I know when they're is, with each other it is very interesting <laughs> but hopefully we'll find out soon yeah um no but yeah that that's yeah I'm curious to see what happens with that what, what's her name Jessica Williams uh Jennifer Williams. Jennifer Williams okay yeah. cool mm-hmm. um and of course Trump is already trying to like distance himself from her mm-hmm. just doing the classic Twitter treatment you know oh and um, and it's great too because she's a woman so he oh, can of course use, that's his use favorite that. that's yeah. his favorite when AML. someone sucks he believes that they yeah. suck and they're a woman and they safe. have a vagina yeah yes. fuck that bitch she's my favorite yeah <laughs> this is what I think of when I'm acting and crying and shit my supporters will hate her even more now <laughs> yeah <laughs> wonderful yes oh Okay, and next, we have another awesome BuzzFeed update. As a result of BuzzFeed's FOIA lawsuit, we're getting another round of Mueller grand jury materials. So, fuck yeah. This batch contained a bunch of the FBI's 302 reports. Um, 302 reports are basically interview summaries with people. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are still some redactions, apparently, though. So, BuzzFeed plans on challenging those redactions. Mm -hmm. 
It's like, God damn, just a freaking Russian doll of redactions. Just give me the fucking unredacted you know, document. I got to say, like, BuzzFeed still has some great investigative journalists on their team. So oh, shout yeah. out to, shout out to the to the investigative team at BuzzFeed. They've done some really good work over the last few years. Yeah. I mean, I mean the media world in general is fucking chaos, but mm-hmm. they still have some rad people working there who are totally. doing good shit. Yeah, they're killing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of these 302s include interviews from people such as Cohen. Former Chief of Staff John Kelly, Corey Lewandowski, that's a huge one, uh, Hope Hicks, Rick Gates, Almarosa, nice. Chris mm. Christie, and Rod Rosenstein. So here are some of the noteworthy things uh, that we learned in those documents, I think, um, that came out from BuzzFeed. So first one is, it looks like Cohen is blaming Trump family lawyers for taking out a line in Cohen's testimony to Congress. The line apparently said the words limited contact with Russian officials. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is about Trump Tower Moscow and about building that project, right? So apparently that line was taken out for reasons unbeknownst to Cohen at the time. It seems pretty obvious, though. Them just trying to, you know, sweep anything under the rug that they possibly could. They were 100% communications, extensive communications between members of Trump's team in Moscow. And I believe it was BuzzFeed that actually posted a really awesome timeline of just everything with Felix Sater and Cohen and mm-hmm. all of these different communications. So to your point, BuzzFeed is totally killing it. Yeah. Uh, we also learned, too, that Rick Gates, he said Manafort urged him to not cooperate with the government. Gates said Paul Manafort told him in October or November 2017 That the White House was going to protect both of them and that it would be, quote, stupid to plead because they would get a better deal down the road. Mm. Yep. Pardoning. Not surprising, but pretty. How's that going for you, Paul Manafort? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. How's that holding up for you, buddy? Yep. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Then three, we learned Rod Rosenstein was, we talked about this in the Daily Beans a little bit, he was overcome with emotion when talking to the FBI, apparently, about Comey's firing and how all of that went down. Rod said his memo about how Comey had fucked up certain things was not influenced by anyone and that he knew it had to be 100% accurate if he were to stand behind it. Uh, But once he wrote it, he said he didn't get much sleep that night. Uh, He thought Comey was going to wind up being called in after it became very apparent to him that he was going to be fired, he figured he was going to come in and that it was either going to be him or Jeff Sessions that would fire Comey. But then he found out uh, it was done over email. And as soon as he found that out, just a wave of feeling awful washed over him, apparently. Uh, he used the words angry, ashamed, horrified, and embarrassed. Shit. Presumably at the role that he just realized he ultimately played in just getting Comey the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then four, we also learned that Mueller did not apply and then be denied the job of FBI director. This is what Trump said, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Instead, he actually withdrew his name from consideration. So another classic example of Trump trying to say he fired some people and they're like, oh, no, bro, I was actually just dipping because you're (laughs) fucking insane. (laughs) And that was it. Um, So there we go. Pretty cool stuff. Check that out on BuzzFeed. That's awesome. Yeah. When, when, When were these released a couple days ago? They were released this week. Sweet. Yeah. I don't remember what day. I think it was earlier in the week, though. Yeah. Because, yeah, we covered it on A bounty of 302s. Yeah. Mm. Bounty of 302s. Bounty of 302s. Yeah. Uh, So, all right. Well, we've got lots more headlines and hot notes coming up after this short break. 
Hey, everybody. This episode of Muller She Wrote is brought to you by Everlane. If you're like me, you're tired of spending a fortune on clothes that you know are overpriced and clearly had an astronomical markup. I found a great alternative to overpriced clothes, and it's Everlane. Everlane makes premium clothes with the finest materials, but without the insane markups, so you'll never overpay for quality clothes. Everlane partners with the best ethical factories around the world and practices what they call radical transparency by sharing the true cost of every product they make with the consumer. Transparency and honesty in today's crazy world? Sign me up. I also love that Everlane is mindful of the environment and their impact. Their denim factory, for instance, is the cleanest in the world, recycling 98% of its water, relying on alternative energy sources, and repurposing byproducts to make premium jeans, minus the waste. Everlane's clothes look and feel better, cost less, and last longer because they sell directly to the consumer. Best of all, their prices are 30 to 50% lower than traditional retailers. They have everything from grade A cashmere sweaters, Italian shoes, Peruvian Pima tees, to the new jacket I got made from recycled water bottles. Their clothes are beautiful, comfortable, ethical, and much less expensive. Check out Everlane today. And right now, you can check out our personalized collection at everlane.com slash AG. Plus, you'll get free shipping on your first order. That's everlane.com slash AG. everlane.com slash AG. You'll be glad you did. All right, welcome back. So we've got lots more headlines for you. Uh, Starting off, Washington Post is reporting that apparently concerns are resurfacing of the susceptibility of Trump's telecommunications to Russian spying. Mm -hmm. So all those phone calls that he does on like no secure lines at all, people are starting or continuing to be really concerned about that and what implications that's going to have moving forward for intelligence. because he still just uses his like regular ass unsecured phone, right? He's using private lines. He's not mm-hmm. he's not trying to like talk through encrypted communication. He very rarely uses secure lines that he's supposed to be using, right? It, and it's not stopping. And it's just another example of him denying the advice of the intelligence community mm-hmm. and continuing to do what he wants. It's just so dumb because in this case, not only can it hurt national security, but it can also wind up hurting him. Compromise, for example. Yeah. You know, uh, so he's an idiot. The House Intelligence Committee released phone records this week that occurred between Trump, Giuliani, other White House randoms, and other people involved in Ukraine gates, all of which were communications that, like I said, were not encrypted or protected from foreign surveillance in any way. Uh, the fear here being is Trump continuing to open himself up to ongoing Russian compromise um, and up to other things as well, right? Not only could it be used as compromise, but concerns are also rising that Russia could be learning information on the conspiracy theories that the Republicans are peddling and then turn around and fan those conspiracies back home. Mm-hmm. So having a nice feedback loop yeah. of all of this with one another, which is, I mean, I can't even like find enough synonyms to describe right what this what this means yeah there's there's terrifying mm-hmm. there's uh reckless there's disastrous i'm pretty sure that my like teenage brother knows more about cybersecurity than the president does or, or, or who takes you know takes more safety precautions mm-hmm. i mean yeah <laughs> right and especially i mean when the conspiracy that russia could potentially be overhearing and seeing them working really hard to pedal right. is a conspiracy theory that Russia didn't interfere. Ukraine did. How convenient is that for Russia? They get to take that, turn around with it, and then start fanning their base with it more. And like I said, it's just yeah. this feedback loop. It's a it's a circle of 
failure. Yeah, <laughs> a circle of failure. Yes, <laughs> not to, we got octopus of failure, circle of failure, <laughs> just uh, everything of failures. Yeah, and uh, when he <laughs> when Trump gets out of office, I hope he goes and like writes a dissertation and he calls it on failure. <laughs> <laughs> I would read that. That would be the only academic paper I'd ever read from Donald Trump. Um, but <laughs> Do you think he goes and redeems himself? After yeah, this? as a scholar. I doubt it. As a scholar on failure. <laughs> you can major in failure. Um, not, not to... So, <laughs> Majoring in failure. Yes. Uh, but so, so all of that is deeply troubling, but not to mention the fact that Russia could feed more false information to Giuliani, knowing that he's traveling abroad with people in Ukraine trying to get dirt. They could easily put someone in Ukraine and put someone in a circle that Giuliani's going to talk to or, or find some way to talk with him directly, giving him, feeding him the information that he is there supposedly looking for. Mm-hmm. If they're not already doing it already, I find it hard to believe that they wouldn't already be doing that. But um, so, yes. And like we already reported this week in the Daily Beans, Giuliani is traveling abroad Trying to uh, help in the production of a documentary series that's supposed to air as an alternative to the impeachment proceedings on a far-right network. Giuliani's been in Budapest and Kiev the same week of the impeachment hearing, swearing fake witnesses and under oath, doing a legitimate oath ceremony, filming them, and then producing an episode that they're releasing to the public under the guise of the real story. Cool. So, propaganda then. 100% propaganda. Yeah. And it's all the exact. It's they're they're super they're super good and organized when it comes to just having like a one issue thing mm-hmm. that they just hammer just over and over and over again. At least as far as their base is concerned, like a hammer but of bullshit. A hammer of bullshit. Mm-hmm. It is the fattest hammer of bullshit. <laughs> <clears throat> so that's Trump. Um, not encrypting anything. Not listening to security officials. Uh, at this he, point, he just he really is the like angry old uncle at thanksgiving yelling at fox news i mean that it's just running the government yep anyway yeah moving on yes yes um moving on so more people that are upset with trump uh at this point it truly feels like trump and his team are committing so many egregious offenses it's like impossible to peak up keep up at this point uh but this week we're learning that some democrats are feeling that way very much so, uh, specifically relating to Trump's emoluments clause violations. As a quick refresher on emoluments clause uh, violations, basically an emoluments violation amounts to the concept of Trump illegally using his presidency to make money personally. That's mm-hmm. basically what people are Which he's been doing saying. this entire time. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the rest of his family. Yes. And even though many, many arguments have been made for instances that Trump is doing this instead of personally profit from foreign governments or U.S. taxpayers, for example, foreign leaders staying in Trump Towers on visits, no emoluments clause violations are likely going to even make it into articles of impeachment. Mm-hmm. And there are some Democrats that are very upset about that right now. Uh, they're saying that they intend there's three specifically actually that are saying that they intend on continuing to investigate this issue past trump's impeachment uh one of them is dina titus who is actually a rep from nevada my home state go dina Uh, she said we deserve to know exactly who is paying the president and how much Uh, i will not look the other way as the president continues to accept illegal payments that create obvious conflicts of interest so there we go As a reminder, more than 200 Democratic lawmakers in 2017 filed a lawsuit accusing Trump of violating the Emoluments Clause. Mm -hmm. And on Monday, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit is going to hear oral arguments on whether those lawmakers have the legal right to file that lawsuit. So 
that's an exciting thing to look forward to. Yeah. So that's next week? Uh, that's Monday. Yeah. Monday. And then on Thursday, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit in Richmond, Virginia, is holding arguments on a similar lawsuit brought by local officials in Washington, D.C. and Maryland. Mm-hmm. So Democrats are planning on continuing to look into emoluments, past impeachment. They've even floated maybe adding it as another article of impeachment if he gets reelected again, like mm-hmm. later down the line. So we've talked about, you know... Do you just stop here if we don't include things that obviously need to be addressed? Do we do that later? Can we do that later? Yeah. Um, That's yet to be determined, largely probably by the balls on the necklace of Nancy Pelosi. (laughs) 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 But but then there's also, you know, these lawsuits that are actually making their way through courts right now. Yeah. So, yay. Thank you for that story, Jordan. You're very welcome. Lots of stories. I, uh, I, is it sad <laughs> that I was like, oh, yeah, the emoluments. Like, it's just right. one more And thing. crew has lawsuits mm-hmm. against them, too. Yep. That it, there's, like, so many different angles that are coming at him on mm-hmm. that one issue alone. Yeah. And even so, it's not consequential enough to make it in right now, as yeah. it would appear, into the articles of impeachment. Uh, if anything, maybe just hope that they'll circle back on that later. Uh, okay. And now... we surprise for later. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, and now we've got some more news on our latest segment. This is my favorite of uh, Devin Nunes is in deep cow shit. So <laughs> Nunes, as <laughs> we know, also known as Devin Sunes, as of 30 minutes ago, uh, Devin Sunes, he apparently had phone calls with indicted Giuliani associate Lef Parnas. Obviously, we know this. This is the bombshell headline that got dropped in the middle of uh, impeachment hearings. They're buddies. Yes. Bros. <laughs> right. Broskies. Yeah, I don't Bros-ifs. know. I'm sure. Did you? I don't know. I don't know if they actually. I think they just had calls. I don't know oh. if they've hung out as bros per se, but I could maybe. Who knows? I could see it too. One hundred percent, I could see it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Who the fuck would hang out with these people otherwise? The only way they can get social interaction, I imagine, is just like, existing in their small fucking. Yeah, get, everyone always get drunk, cry, and watch Trump's. T- tweets yes isn't that that so true (laughs) there'll be like there'll be an indictment or a headline that will come out or something and then all of a sudden all these photos showing these people you know one of which is normally entirely random and not known by the rest of the world it's like oh they were hanging out oh these photos are just everywhere and ready all the time Mm. they all are hanging out always (laughs) um but nunez trying to uh distance himself from those calls in a futile effort has said that he can't confirm if he did speak with Parnas or not. He just can't confirm it, he said. He said that he doesn't trust Adam Schiff. He doesn't trust his account of his own calls, so he needs to go through his own call logs so that he can come out and say if it is something that he did or not. Which, that makes sense, right? Like, you're like, hey, Absolutely. hey I think you committed a robbery, but real quick, before I convict you, can you just tell me? If you did, just like by your own memory. Uh-huh. If not, oh, you didn't? Oh, okay, that's cool. Sorry for the misunderstanding. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure whether or not I did. Let me check my phone records. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, the headline, I guess, for this story really is that Parnas's lawyer f- hit back at Nunez on Twitter because that's where lawyers go to ultimately die if we're looking at Avenatti as any example. But... His lawyer said, hey, at Devin Nunes, Lev remembers what you spoke about. You don't remember? Hashtag let Lev speak. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a hashtag that he's really going for. The the Republican infighting of the people who are going down with the ship, that's an enjoyable aspect of this shit show. Oh, yeah. Let Lev speak. Yeah. 
it's i'm also getting i'm getting like sort of over these avenatti-esque lawyers that Uh are using twitter as a platform to just get like fucking zingers in Mm -hmm. it's like that's kind of that's cathartic for a second i guess but then as it continues it's like okay maybe maybe not all of this stuff maybe just go to court and get your shit done because this is actually really important it needs to happen quickly hot takes from jordan coburn yeah Hot takes, hot notes. Speaking of, uh, right after this short break, we're going to come back with some hot notes in our Fantasy Indictment League, so stick around. Hey, Mullerites, it's AG. After a long day of resisting the insanely corrupt administration, sometimes I need a break, a refresher from all the stress and craziness. And one of my favorite mental palate cleansers is a new puzzle game app called Best Fiends. Best Fiends is incredibly fun, has an engaging story and challenging puzzles, but it's a casual game you can play as much or as little as you want. It's not timed, so there's no pressure or stress. Just a great puzzle game. It's my go-to when I just need a break. I'm on level 60 now. I'm getting really good. And to me, it's the perfect game to keep my mind stimulated, but also relaxed. You can collect all the best fiends, level them up, and discover their special powers, and you battle slugs from Mount Boom. Uh, I like to give the slugs different names, like Devin and Rudy. They're just so slimy. The cool thing about Best Fiends is the creators are constantly adding new levels and events, so it's always fresh and fun. Best Fiends is free to download, and to me, the best aspect of the game is that you don't need the internet to play it, so it's great for traveling, which we do a lot. I play it on the plane all the time or on the subway, so give it a try. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters, too. Five-star rated mobile puzzle game with over 100 million downloads globally. Download free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, best fiends. You'll be glad you did. All right, welcome back. Hot notes. All right, so my hot note this week is about a new investigation by the UK into the company Glencore. Uh, the UK's Serious Fraud Office, that's what it's called, I did not know that, indeed. Is, yes. <laughs> yes, indeed, is investigating Glencore for bribery. Uh, Glencore is saying that they will cooperate with the investigation. Glencore is the world's biggest commodity trader and is also the company that helped Qatar broker the sale of Rosneft, which you've heard us talk about a lot on this podcast. Uh, Rosneft is the massive Russian oil company, and that sale as a sale that Trump might have been set to get about a $280 million cut of. Hmm. So it's going to be um, a big sum of money coming to him and profiting off of that, presumably with some conditions of lifting sanctions. Just a little bit of pocket change. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but with, with so many shell companies and so many other things to investigate, I think it's unlikely we're going to get confirmation on that anytime soon. Right. Uh, but for Glencore... Um, Glencore is already being investigated by the U.S. Department of Justice for alleged money laundering and corruption in Nigeria, Venezuela, and the Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, And this all dates back to 2007. So they've been looked at with much scrutiny for a long time. Uh, The U.K. is going to be looking into Glencore's work with a man named Dan Gertler. He's an Israeli billionaire, and he is uh, also super tight with the leader of the Democratic Republic of Congo. So UK is looking into uh, that connection. Gertler has apparently made billions of dollars off of essentially being a gatekeeper to all these natural resources deals in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Gertler has had a history of being awful. In a 2001 UN report, he was said to have given, I'm going to call it DRC, moving here, moving forward, Democratic Republic of Congo, we're all good, all on the same page, cool, okay, DRCs, (laughs) uh, given DRC's president $20 million to buy weapons 
for his army and DRC in exchange for Gertler having a monopoly on the country's diamonds. So, wow. yes. And then in 2017, um, leaked documents that form part of the Panama Papers investigation showed... Remember the Panama Papers? Yeah. <laughs> Remember? I know, I it know. feels like 20 years ago. It really, really does. I know I read that and I was like, we reported on that pretty much because those dropped pretty much when we first started the podcast. I think the first round of them came out in 2015, right? Which you was, could be right. You started the podcast in 2017. We started in 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that at all. I thought it was fresh off the press. I, well, I think there was like se- several rounds of them, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, I was just, my point was, I'm sure I remember right. being so angry about the Panama Papers at the time, <laughs> being like, global elitism and their, you know, tax evasion. Oh, my God. And mm-hmm. now I'm like, eh, it's par for the course. And how much I've become jaded in the last yes. five years is kind of incredible. Anyway, carry if, on. <laughs> if they, when they started, so do you remember if the ones that dropped in 2015 it was basically all related to the same stuff, like offshore companies and I, how I people could are. be wrong about this. Maybe it was in 2015. We'll, we'll come look back it to up. It. Yeah. yeah, we'll look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you're right, though. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah, the Panama Papers investigation showed how Glencore had apparently secretly loaned tens of millions of dollars to Gertler after Glencore hired him to secure a mining agreement in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, so he has just a history of super sketch business dealings and bribes and quid pro quos and all of these agreements. And bullshit. Yes, and bullshit that allow him to wedge his way into a country that honestly has been the profits of their resources mm-hmm. be swept up from underneath them and fed right into the pockets of people like this fucking guy. So uh, that's really fucked up. Mm-hmm. And... Hopefully, all these investigations, both in the UK and the US, go somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so that's that. That is Glencore. Boo, Glencore. Boo. You don't go, Glencore. Core. <laughs> <laughs> that was a solid Mean Girls reference. <laughs> that movie, Mean Girls, really fucking holds up. It really does. It's a does. classic. It really is. That and also Bridesmaids. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about like female heavy casts... You know, comedy movies from that era. Mean Girls fucking holds up. Yeah. Bridesmaids fucking holds up. Yes, it does. Mm. Freaking great movies. Yeah. Freaking great movies. All right. That was my hot note. Uh, Moving on. We got a special treat, everybody. AG is going to deliver her own hot note. Here we go. Let's hear it. What you got, AG? Hey, everybody. It's AG. You know I'm taking the weekend off, but I wanted to record my hot note before I left. And on last week's show, I predicted that our uh, attorney general, if that's what you want to call him, Bill Barr, would spin the release of the Department of Justice Inspector General report. Let's listen to that clip from last week. Beans on Barr trying to memo it up the same way he did with the Mueller report. Maybe Mm -hmm. give a press conference at Trump's request to talk about the shocking revelation of the low-level employee that turned into a criminal investigation, all to try to spin the findings of the report since it debunks long-held Republican conspiracy theories. Well, beans come true because Barr is now saying he disagrees with a key finding in the in the inspector general report. We reported last week and in some Daily Beans updates this week that the IG report would show and will show that there was nothing wrong or illegal with the way the Russia investigation was opened. As we know and have known, the investigation called Crossfire Hurricane was open when there were clear, articulable facts that Russia was meddling in our election. Uh, a Kremlin-connected professor named Mifsud had told George Papadopoulos, who we call Papadop, that he had dirt on Hillary 
diary in the form of stolen emails. Then Papadop bragged in a London wine bar to Alexander Downer, who happens to be an Australian diplomat. Uh, he told him the Russians were going to give him those Hillary emails, the stolen Hillary emails. And that was in the spring of 2016. Downer didn't think much of it until it became public in July that Russia hacked the DNC and the DCCC. So Australia called our FBI and told them what Papadopoulos said that night. And immediately the FBI over the weekend sent someone to the UK to investigate. And that was the hence the opening of the investigation. The Republicans have long since alleged that Mifsud was a plant set, set by the FBI and, and this was all a massive frame job, and therefore the entire investigation is trash. Um, Papadopoulos even wrote a book uh, saying he was framed by the deep state, and our Attorney General Bill Barr recently traveled to Italy only to find out Mifsud was not working for the Italian intelligence service. He tried the same trick in the UK, but found nothing. Uh, the Republicans, he went to Australia, still found nothing. That's where Alexander Downer was from. The Republicans filed multiple lawsuits to dismiss their cases on the basis that the investigation was a sham. And every single time in the courts, they lost. Um, they lost those motions. Those motions were denied to dismiss. So Trump and Bill Barr ordered the Department of General in, or Department of Justice Inspector General to investigate the origins of the investigation. And they had selected... U.S. Attorney Durham to head up another investigation in parallel into the investigation. And Barr even tried to have Andy McCabe and Comey indicted for their roles in the origins of the investigation. The inspector general investigated Comey and said he did nothing illegal and refused to make a criminal referral. They tried to make a criminal referral for McCabe after the inspector general found he lacked candor. Uh, during their investigation, but his work on the investigation was legal and above board, uh, according to the findings. Barr tried to make an indictment stick, but failed again uh, trying to indict McCabe. The grand jury balked. They didn't return an indictment. And Barr is still trying to keep that investigation open so he can prevent the communications about his about uh, McCabe's firing from coming out in a FOIA case. But Barr lost that, too, as a judge. Uh, judge Reggie Walton actually ordered the investigation into McCabe closed or uh, threatened to release the documents himself. The Department of Justice conceded, said they didn't release the documents, but are still dragging their feet on officially closing the baseless investigation. And now this week, the long-anticipated Inspector General report was supposed to come out in September, then they moved it to late September, then October, and then November, and now it's December. Uh, we're supposed to see that Monday. This is the report Trump supporters promised us would result in hundreds of indictments for Obama, Susan Rice, Sally Yates, uh, Loretta Lynch, Comey, McCabe, Mueller... Uh, Weissman, Baker, Strzok, Page, Nellie and Bruce Orr, anyone else who worked on the investigations and that everyone would end up in Guantanamo and the FBI would be shut down, <laughs> all based on the uh, inspector general and Durham's findings. But as it turns out, the uh, IG report will show the investigations were open properly, uh, very legal and very cool, and that the FISA warrants on Carter Page were obtained legally and within the guidelines of the law. It will also show that while there may have been political bias associated with some of the people who worked on the investigation, like Strzok and Page, the inspector general uh, found before and will find again that that bias had no impact on their work. Uh, in fact, after the Durham investigation, the inspector general investigations into McCabe, Comey, the FBI and Mueller, not to mention Barr's trip to UK, Australia and Italy, the only things they've been able to turn up are one, McCabe lacked candor, but did not break the law. Two, Christopher Steele is a credible uh, uh, witness and a credible person, according to the inspector general who traveled himself to the UK to meet with him and interview him. Uh, Comey, number three, Comey probably shouldn't have taken his contemporaneous memos outside of the FBI headquarters building, but nothing was illegal about it. 
Uh, number four, Struck and Page shouldn't have texted that private stuff, but it did not impact their work. And finally, they did find one low-level FBI lawyer that added a line to the bottom of an already sent email uh, on one page of a several hundred page FISA renewal application for Carter Page. The IG made a criminal referral in this case to the Department of Justice, which is why Trump supporters said, oh, my God, the investigation has turned criminal. Um, so far, no charges have been brought. Um, but the IG on the on this lawyer, we have we've seen no charges. I doubt there will be. But the IG found that the line they added had no bearing on the FISA warrant renewal approval. Keep in mind, this was a renewal of the Carter Page FISA warrant, not the initial FISA warrant. Not to mention, no one gives a shit about Carter Page. He's been caught literally red handed participating in two previous Russian spy rings. Uh, and he had already left the Trump campaign before the initial FISA warrant was even granted. So unless he was palling around with the Trump campaign uh, after they fired him, they certainly weren't using him to spy on the Trump campaign. And finally, we learned from the New York Times that not only did the inspector general conclude that Mifsud wasn't a spy and there was no frame job, it wasn't a setup, but we learned that it was Durham, Barr's handpicked investigator, that told the inspector general that Mifsud never worked at the FBI. Mifsud not only, or uh, um, the inspector general not only called the intelligence agencies and said, hey, Mifsud working for you? No. Found out through bar that Mifsud wasn't working for UK intelligence, found out he wasn't working for Italian intelligence, found it. And so then he called Durham and said, hey, have you come across anything in your bullshit, you know, parallel taxpayer money waste investigation that shows that Mifsud was an agent or an asset of the FBI? No, Durham told him. So I have said many times, I think the months long delay in the IG report was born out of Barr's desperation to find anything he could. And it looks like you failed, not just with the inspector general, but the Durham investigation as well. He has a habit of doing this, like when he dragged his feet on the McCabe investigation and turned up nothing and then left the hush money investigation in the Southern District hanging open and not pushing it forward to prevent New York State from picking it up. A judge caught on to that. And the Manhattan DA is about to get a ruling from the Supreme Court in that um, investigation. And the rest of us caught on with the frivolous investigations into the oranges of the Russia probe. And we will see that report Monday. Um, now, remember, IG reports are always damning. They're never good. And there is some bad stuff in there. But on the whole, the worst thing to come out of there was that one low-level lawyer who added a line to an email that didn't impact the outcome of the FISA renewal. And as I said at the beginning, just like he did with the Mueller report, Barr is going to spin this IG report because it's not to his liking. The key finding he disagrees with that I mentioned at the top is that there's not, you know, the, the IG has found that there was enough evidence to open the investigation. Barr disagrees. He's saying there's not. There was not enough evidence to open this investigation. Uh, but if you believe that a Trump campaign official telling an allied diplomat that Russia was going to give him stolen Hillary emails from Russia after Russia hacked the DNC, if you're going to tell me that's not sufficient evidence on top of all of the other evidence, let alone that you have Flynn Manafort and Carter Page working on the campaign, known deep Russian ties, then you do not understand what articulable fact basis is and, and what sort of basis is necessary to even scratch your own ass. So that's on you, not on us. And so I am looking forward to reading that IG report. Like I said, there will probably be some negative things in it. Do not fret. All IG reports are negative. But if that's all they've got, then they've got nothing. So this is AG from Cleveland signing off. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. All right. You ready for sabotage? Hell yeah. A 
okay, first off, how is uh how's how's Whamageddon going? We've seen some tweets about this. Yeah. I personally am still in. Yeah. Which nice. I don't know how that's possible. I am still in also and so is AG. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, interesting. I tweeted about it um from the Daily Beans Pod Twitter and yes. people were people were like, I'm still in by some miracle. Okay, but perfect. Other people are out. Okay, so this is this is good to know. This is getting competitive. Um, it is. As a reminder, Whamageddon. This is the game. When you hear Last Christmas by Wham, anytime between now and midnight on Christmas Eve, that means you're out. You've lost the game. So tweet at us, snap a photo of the moment when you get out, and tag us at MullerSheWrote, and use hashtag Whamageddon. That's, yeah, I want your Whamageddon selfies. <laughs> yes. That's with two M's, Whamageddon. <laughs> Make sure we get it right. Uh, the photos we've seen so far, yeah, have been awesome. Um, but for the real sabotage, we got Parnas news. Um, Parnas is continuing to cooperate, uh, but we don't really know all the details or really any details on the extent. Is um, that a real sentence you just said out loud? He's mm-hmm. continuing to cooperate. Well, he's I should reality. Say, yeah, I should say he's he's continuing to try to cooperate. Right. Um, but He's cooperating as much as he feels forced to. Yes, but he hasn't signed an official plea agreement. He hasn't signed a non-prosecution agreement, and he hasn't been granted any immunity. Gotcha. So the officialness of the cooperation is to be determined. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does look like he really, really wants to cooperate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we also know that superseding indictments of Left Parnas and Igor Freeman are likely, uh, but they're still evaluating uh, many things in the case. Um, those things probably being how... Either of those people are going to plea. That's going to drastically affect the indictments that they get, the superseding indictments, if any. So we already have beans on Parnas cooperating and Freeman not. And mm-hmm. I still I still think I'm going to maintain that. But that is our sabotage. So are you ready to play the Fantasy Indictment League? Hell yeah. I'm going to be indicted. No, wait, it's going to be a... Indicted! Honey, dick. Indicted! All right, so updates. Nader was indicted this week for illegally funneling money into a 2016 campaign, which we believe to be Hillary Clinton's. Uh, let's listen to this clip from last week's fantasy indictment draft. And I'm going to do a random Ukraine connected person again cool and i'll go with Jislaine. plea agreement mm-hmm. oh i forgot question speaking of uh, for the first time in months i'm taking nader off watch mm. nader watch nader mm. go down uh speaking of Ghislaine and ivanka two of your picks um are there any do we know of any updates in any cases surrounding either of those women uh nope no okay Mm-mm. good to know i don't stay know stay tuned yeah so AG took Nader off and bam, he's indicted just like that. Damn. Yeah, so she's gone, but would like the indictment gods to know she is also taking Nunes and Giuliani off her team this week, so maybe they will get indicted. So mm. that's that's what AG's strategy is. I um, like it. Yes, I like it too. And she hasn't sent me her picks. I'll get them from her. But yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. What are yours today, Jordan? Mine. Okay, well also really quick before I give my picks, mm-hmm. I got a point because right. yes. For what? A rando with deep Ukrainian ties. He was indicted this week. It's uh, Alexander Onyshenko, and he was arrested, which is pretty good news for my picks here. So Onyshenko, he's a former Ukrainian member of parliament. Uh, He is a person who claimed to have dirt 
on Burisma, and he was arrested earlier this week in Germany, and that's confirmed by the Daily Beast. So I'm getting a point for that. Randos yeah. pay off. Okay. Now we'll go to <laughs> Randos pay off. <laughs> Randos pay off. I <laughs> do. Okay, so now I'm gonna quote my team uh, mm-hmm. or pick my team for this week. Let's do my first pick is going to be in the spirit of AG taking them off of hers. Mm-hmm. I'm putting them on mine. I'm doing Giuliani. His time just has to be up soon. You feel it's coming? It has to be. Trains are coming. I I can't. Justice train is coming for you. Yes. <laughs> I'm thinking of like that. I'm tired. Old, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, me too. I'm thinking of that old like 40s thing where there's like a person tied to a train tracks and then some man off on the side screen with like a really big mustache for some reason that's controlling it all <laughs> and has like a stick of dynamite maybe also in his hand. Do you know what I'm talking about? I I do. <laughs> I I I you've illustrated it extremely well. I know exactly what you're talking yes, about. The that's fact the, that that's, that's what you're picturing <laughs> is enjoyable. That's the justice train. But it's but it's Giuliani on the tracks. Uh-huh. And and the man with a mustache in this instance really could be anyone. Really. Right. Yeah. If they were doing the a twirly right mustache? Thing, a tw- twirly mustache conductor. Twirly mustache conductor man. Maybe Jonathan Van Ness. Who usually is evil, but in this case is that's what I'm saying. Just doing That's why it's Jameson Van Ness. If, if, if the only yeah. qualifying factor here is the person leading the train is a twirly mustache, oh, I, I nominate JBM. <laughs> okay, I'm down for it. <laughs> I was going to say, it could be Bolton if he chose to do the right thing and, and, oh, and yes, really yes. did some serious wax work on his he mustache. He looks like a train conductor. <laughs> he does really he not? Does. He really does. He does he not look like a train conductor? He really looks like... If he... I saw him wearing stripes, I would be like, that man is a train conductor. Yes. All it would take would be a little striped cap of some sort. Yeah. He belongs on the inside of every Amtrak around the nation, for sure. That is exactly what it looks like. Uh, But yeah, Giuliani. Okay, my second pick is going to be Nunez again in the same vein. Sunez. Not even good. Just funny. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay, and then I'm also going to do, I'm doing um, superseding Parnas. Wait, sorry, Freeman. Superseding Mm -hmm. Freeman. I don't think he's cooperating. And then plea deal Parnas. Oh, Pledial Parnas. Pledial Parnas. This is the first week where I'm saying all these names and I'm thinking like, yes, there's a legitimate chance all of these things can happen like in the next month. It's going down. Oh, it's going God, down. I want that so bad. Fuck. Okay. And my fifth person. You had a big old justice boner <laughs> today, Jordan. <laughs> okay. And my, and my fifth is, um, I'm going with a rando again. I'm going rando with another ties rando. To where? With Ukrainian ties. Already. Yeah. I know Russia's going to come back in the mix sooner or later, but I'm sticking with Ukrainian. Yeah. For now. Awesome. Hell Alrighty. yes. Okay. Cool. That's it for the Fantasy Indictment League. There we go. We yes. We will be posting it on uh, Patreon and in our patron-only Facebook group as well, where you can play along. So if you want to play along, become a patron. And we'll be right back with an update on the court cases working their way through the system in this interview with Uncle Blazer. So stick around. Hey, everybody. This segment of Muller She Wrote is brought to you by Skillshare. To me, it's important to continually learn and grow, challenge myself to be better, and continually work to develop new skills. And that's why I love Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of amazing classes covering a diverse array of creative and entrepreneurial skills. With Skillshare, you get unlimited access to thousands of classes. Unlimited access. With everything from graphic design and photography to illustration and classes on brand building, you can create online shops and produce viral content. They have classes for that. They help you unlock styles and strategies today's creators need to know and allows you to share and collaborate with a growing community of over 7 million creators. 
What's so great about Skillshare is they believe the best way to learn is by putting your skills to use. And, I, and that's the best way I learn is by teaching. So every class has a project that lets you practice and get feedback. I love that with Skillshare, you get to create projects that you're proud to share through classes that include prompts and resources. Whether you're returning to a longtime passion project, challenging yourself to get outside of your comfort zone, which is what I'm doing, or simply exploring something new, Skillshare has the class for you. The next two classes I'm excited to try are ink drawing techniques and digital illustrated typography. I've been out of art class for so long and I miss it, and it's just so relaxing to me. And there's so many classes to try. You're sure to find something fun and engaging. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for our listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free. That is right. Skillshare is offering Muller She Wrote listeners two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com AG. Again, that's Skillshare.com AG to start your two months now. One more time, that's Skillshare.com AG. You'll be glad you did. Joining us today for the interview is lawyer and analyst Uncle Blazer. Welcome back to Miller She Wrote. Thanks, AJ. Good to be here. I'm glad you're here. So we had a few updates this week in the big five, which is what I'm calling the five major cases moving their way through the courts right now. As a reminder, those are the McGann subpoena case, uh, the Manhattan District Attorney Cy Vance Mazars case, the Oversight Committee Mazars case, the Mueller Grand Jury Materials case and the Deutsche Bank Capital One case. The the Mueller Grand Jury Materials case and the McGann case are set to be argued, I believe, in the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, both on January 3rd. Uh, but this week, there was a decision in the Second Circuit Court of Appeals in the Deutsche Bank Capital One case. Can you tell us about that ruling? Yeah, so the ruling came down against Trump, uh, requiring that Deutsche Bank comply with the subpoena and turn over Trump's uh, bank records, everything Deutsche Bank has, and also Capital One, but I, I tend to think of it as, as Deutsche Bank since they were the principal bank that Trump used uh, in the uh, relevant time period where he was likely engaged in money laundering uh, activities. Um, so Deutsche Bank has to comply with the subpoena and turn over the documents, and the court ordered that uh, Trump has only seven days to seek a stay of its mandate at the United States Supreme Court, uh, which Trump uh, filed for that um, stay just today. Okay, yeah, and that and that's important because generally, I think he would have ninety days, right, to appeal, um, and this sort of really cut into his delay tactics, right? Well, he has 90 days to file his uh, request, his petition for a writ of cert, which is his request to appeal at the Supreme Court. But what happened in the uh, House Mazars case was that when he filed for a stay request at the Supreme Court, the stay was granted, but they accelerated the time frame for Trump to file his request for cert. So I expect that we'll see something similar here if the stay request is granted in the Deutsche Bank case, the Supreme Court will also likely require an accelerated time frame for uh, Trump to request his, his cert. And the, the, the key is that the Second Circuit essentially forced Trump to go directly to the Supreme Court to try to get a stay very quickly, which then puts the ball in the Supreme Court's case to turn around and say, you can have your stay, but you're also going to be on an accelerated time frame for filing for cert. I see. So in the Second Circuit uh, decision, uh, appeal for a writ of cert to SCOTUS, we don't yet know in the Deutsche Bank case if 
uh, they're going to grant an administrative temporary stay, or I think they I think he has to like December 9th or 10th uh, until that before that seven day stay expires. Uh, and so they would have to do that now. And, and presumably, like you said, they, they would put together some sort of an accelerated timeline for briefings and replies and sir replies. Yeah. So what I expect to happen is that uh, Trump had seven days in which to achieve a stay of the case in the court, which meant he had to request it before that seven days was up. So he filed his stay request today. And uh, RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, is the uh, the second circuit justice the justice at the supreme court who's who's responsible for handling requests that come in uh from second circuit cases to the supreme court and so this will this has landed on her desk as of today and she has until the 10th to decide whether or not to extend the stay that the second circuit gave to allow the supreme court to actually hear this request because if if the Supreme Court doesn't do something to extend the stay, then the stay will expire and Deutsche Bank will have to comply with the subpoena. What I expect to have happen is what happened in the Mazars case where Chief Justice Roberts was actually the circuit justice for the D.C. Circuit. And in the House Mazars case, he gave an administrative stay just to allow the, the actual stay request to be heard by the full Supreme Court at a conference date rather than having the uh, stay expire and allow the subpoena to go through. So, so what I expect to have happen is RBG will give an administrative stay that will stay at at least through December 13th, which is the next Supreme Court conference date, at which point the entire court will sit and consider whether to grant an actual stay, allowing Trump to then file for his writ of cert. And in doing that, that is when they would say, um, we're giving you a stay to file your writ of cert, but you have to do it quickly and put him on an accelerated timetable. I see. And speaking of um, the Mazars case, which you were just mentioning, this is the one where Mazars was willing to cooperate with House Oversight and then asked House Oversight to issue a friendly subpoena, quote unquote, which they did. Trump then filed suit to block it. Uh, he lost in the district court. And uh, did what's the latest in in that uh, case? Because he lost in the appellate court too, and it didn't. I think this week didn't he file uh, his appeal for writ uh, of cert to the Supreme Court? Yes. So similarly to the Deutsche Bank case, um, he first had to request a stay from the Supreme Court. That's the one that landed on uh, uh, Justice Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts' desk. He granted an administrative stay. Then the entire court considered the, the stay request and granted a, uh, an actual stay to allow Trump to file his writ of cert. They gave him to, until December 5th to file his writ of cert, which is requesting an actual appeal of the case itself to the Supreme Court. Uh, Trump filed that in the House Mazars case on December 5th, which was yesterday. Good Lord. Time is <laughs> really traveling at a very strange speed. Um, so he filed that on on December 5th. Uh, the uh, House Democrats will have, um, I think it's 30 days to, to respond to that, but I would expect them to instead file very quickly, possibly Monday is, is when I would guess they would file, um, opposing his request for cert so that the papers will be complete and the Supreme Court can take up the request for cert on 
uh, Friday, December 13th at the uh, next conference date, which would mean that all three cases, the uh, Vance uh, Mazars case, the House Mazars case, and the House Deutsche Bank case could conceivably all be considered at the Supreme Court's conference date on December 13th. Well, let me, let me pause on that. We know that the Vance case is going to be considered at, the, at that conference. That is already on the schedule to be considered at the conference. The other two cases, it looks like all the paperwork will be done, all of the filings by the parties will be done to allow them to be considered at the, thir- at the conference on the 13th, but we don't know whether or not they will be. Okay, and you and you just brought up the uh, the fifth case here. That's the Cy Vance Mazars case, uh, and that is on schedule to be heard at the conference in Supreme Court, December thirteenth, Friday the thirteenth. Awesome. And when when was the last decision we got in that case? Because that one, it seems like the other ones were accelerated uh, to meet up, sort of, with that case. Yeah, you know that one was put on a very strange schedule because what happened was at the uh, at the Second Circuit Court of Appeals, um, Trump panicked at one point in the case and was started to believe that he wasn't going to get a stay and wasn't going to be able to make it to the Supreme Court. And so he cut a deal with Vance uh, at the uh, Manhattan District Attorney's Office. And the deal was, you'll give me a stay um, and I agree that I will file my request for cert within 10 days of the uh, Second Circuit Court of Appeals ruling in this case. So they just short-circuited the process with an agreement for a schedule on when to file for cert. So whereas the House Mazars case and the House Deutsche Bank case both had to go through this process of requesting a stay from SCOTUS um, in the in the uh, Vance Mazars case, the parties agreed that they would stay it themselves in return for an accelerated schedule. But they've all kind of ended up in the same place because they're, they're now all coming to, to the court at, a, at approximately the same time and all will be at least ready to be heard on, on December 13th. Yeah, and whether they're all heard on the 13th or not, we don't know. But you have said uh, in talking to you in the past that that SCOTUS could say, you know what, we're going to have a an abnormal or unscheduled conference date December 20th, and, and we'll have something out to you by the 23rd. They can do that. They have a lot of power in that uh, way. But man, I tell you what, for somebody whose only defense is to delay, he's not even good at that. Yeah, and, it, and his options for creating more delay are really running out here. I yeah. mean, there, there really isn't much he can do to push this back. It's definitely, all three of these cases are definitely going to be decided this Supreme Court term, which means they're going to all be decided with opinions issued by the court by June. There's very little doubt about that at this point. What, what seems much more likely is either that these things, all three of these or any one of the three could actually be finished next week. Um, with with the with the either Vance getting uh, the Mazars materials or the House getting the Mazars materials or the Deutsche, Deutsche Bank materials as soon as December sixteenth, or the court putting this on a very accelerated timetable the way they've done with the request for cert and putting the merits arguments on an accelerated timetable that have a, a ruling on the merits of the case by sometime in what I would think would be early March. 
But it doesn't look to me like the Supreme Court is going to allow this to drag on. They seem to recognize the urgency, and the, the, I, I see all three of these cases being resolved very soon. Yeah, especially with that accelerated timetable in the oversight Mazar's case, it just seemed like they're they're catching on. And then, of course, you know, with the seven day <clears throat> uh, temporary stay issued, you know, by the Second Circuit in the Deutsche Bank case, I'm trying to keep them all straight in my head. It's hard. Uh, yeah, they are definitely on a on a on a fast track, and so I guess to wrap up here, we've got uh, Deutsche Bank and Mazar's oversight and Vance all possibly at least ready for review December thirteenth in the Supreme Court, and then of course we've got the McGann uh, subpoena for testimony and the Mueller grand jury materials case. Uh, I think those are set to go for January third. We call that the oversight Super Bowl. <laughs> That's going to happen in uh, D.C. Circuit. No. Yes, D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals on January 3rd. So we'll be there for that. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I really, really appreciate it. Um, helping us keep abreast and uh, above, uh, you know, of all these different cases that are going on. It's it's a lot, uh, but we will we will keep you posted. So uh, put some beans on it. Thanks a lot. All right. So that's our show. Uh, just a quick update. After we recorded that interview, RBG issued the administrative stay in the Deutsche Bank case, meaning it is on for SCOTUS to review the case during their December 13th conference. Yes. yes. Um, her stay is temporary and is set to end at 5 p.m. on December 13th, indicating she plans on having some kind of decision for us either that day or by Monday the 16th. They could decide on the 13th to grant a full stay, uh, a full-on stay, pending appeal. That's the same day they'll decide to grant cert in the House Mazar's case. So they could grant cert in the House Mazar's case and grant the stay in the Deutsche Bank case, or they could deny cert in the House Mazar's case and deny the stay in the Deutsche Bank case. Uh, don't forget, they're also considering whether to grant cert in the Cy Vance Mazar's case. So the most conservative outcome is they grant cert in Cy Vance and oversight Mazar's and grant the stay in the Deutsche Bank case. Um, so we'll look forward to that news. Yeah. And uh, we did it. Yeah, we did it. Yay. Um, please be nice to us. Yes, <laughs> please, dear God. <laughs> I'm realizing my voice. I'm not used to talking for that long. No, usually AG I don't know is how the, she does it. Yeah, she's our our fearless leader and um, woman of intense vocal strength. Oh, one hundred percent. Yes, always. Have, Have you be- seen that lady karaoke? My God. Yeah, we, we are. We bow down. Yeah, <laughs> we bow down. <laughs> we, we bow down. Um, but hopefully, we made you all proud in her stead. Yes, definitely. Well, you know, it's easy almost on the Mueller She Wrote episodes because there's so much news. Mm-hmm. Unless we want the episode to be five hours long. Yes. It's largely just talking, like delivering the headlines. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, at least when out. AG is gone. Oh, yes. When yeah. AG's here, she has amazing murder boards in her brain. And she's oh my able... God. To just put together this like murder board, just yes, Rubik's cube <laughs> yeah. of fucking crime. Yeah, one thing that's cool too, and I, I get you guys can't see, is that when she's delivering the news to you, she's like constantly sketching out little scenarios here in her notepad. So, um, but yeah, yes. thanks for hanging out with us, everyone. Today. Yes, that should be a Patreon gift. Oh, eight, her sketches. Get, yeah. I think she said this before. Oh, she did. Good. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, then I am a hack. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I think that'd be kind of cool. I mean, I yeah. love her little sketches, but. 
I love them too. Sometimes yeah. I do look over and there's not shit there. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like that kid in the ring or something that's like just drawing or what? What? It's like some horror movie where the kid is demented. Don't her. It's just yeah, the kid's just like drawing black scratches everywhere. Uh, no, I'm great patron gift. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. No, it's funny. I think it's it helps. It helps to like be doing another thing a little bit with when, your you're hands, when you're processing yeah 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 totally yeah. when you're when you're thinking and you're yeah when you're for sure yeah it definitely helps me i do that when i'm on the phone yeah i have to talk to someone about something like for a work meeting i'll like scribble while i'm doing so definitely Drunch one time it. i was on the phone with my grandmother and i looked down to see that i had taken up about seven eighths of a page in lines that had a space between them that couldn't be measured by anything that exists <laughs> on a shelf today it was like the most meticulous. I've never done that in my life. It's crazy. That's what family does to you. <laughs> any uh, any plans for the rest of your Sunday, Jordan? Uh, yes, I'm gonna work at the La Jolla Comedy Store. Hell yeah! Yeah, sweet. Well, by the time you hear this, it'll be guy. too late to come see her. Yes, it will. Also, I don't even know if I'm getting up. I might just be a door guy tonight. Yeah. yeah. Any shows coming up that you want to? Oh, thank you tell for all y'all about. I do. I do have a bunch of shows actually. Um, Sweet. Yeah. Let's see here. Okay. In the meantime, what are you doing today? I'm going to do laundry and hang out with my dog. Okay. Thrilling. That sounds amazing. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. Um, how is uh, how is Moo? Uh, my dog? Yes. Perfect and wonderful. Perfect and wonderful. <laughs> Don't ever say anything else. Don't ask my neighbors. <laughs> Don't ask my neighbors. Oh, really? That's he barks funny. a lot. Oh, okay. I love yeah. him anyway. But well, it's one of those things where it's like, it's only okay when I say it. Yes, totally. Exactly. <laughs> I completely get that. Um, okay, for shows really quick, you can catch me Wednesdays at the La Jolla Comedy Store at 8 o'clock um, there every week. And then on the 19th of December, I will be headlining a show in Kearney Mesa at the Comedy Palace. So that's fun. That's yeah. a Thursday. Uh, I have no clue exactly if I have free tickets to give out to that show but you they can tweet at you right at yeah jordan's confused yes at jordan's confused thank Sweet. you and then on friday on the 20th i will be doing a show at a place in downtown san diego called courtyard which is a really cool uh beer place <laughs> sweet yes and awesome. um okay that's i'll also be at the madhouse comedy club the weekend of january Something. January 24th. Sweet. Yes, and 24th and 25th. I'll be at the Madness Comedy awesome. Club. Four shows, two nights, well. one ginger. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Yes. Well, um, thank you so much for leading today. I think you did a great job. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I really feel like I don't know how AG does it. Yeah. So She's I appreciate awesome. your encouragement. Yes. Yes. Uh, but thank you for listening, and AG will be back. And AG, hope you had fun. Hope your team won. The hope Cleveland Browns, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Go pigskins. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, wrapping up. Yep. Everybody, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of your mental health. Take care of the planet. I messed up the order, but it means Close the enough. same thing. Thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, have a great week, and we will see you next week. Thank you. I have been Jordan Coburn. I've been Amanda Reader. 
and we are Mueller she wrote that's not what we say <laughs> we say what do we say this is Mueller, this, is, this is Mueller she wrote I mean are we a this I feel like we are we you, you know we embody <laughs> Mueller like she wrote we are we <laughs> we have a philosophical oh, wait, debate at the end of the show that's true sorry okay. we'll leave this in okay and this <laughs> is Mueller she wrote Muller She Wrote is executive produced and directed by AG and Jordan Coburn, with engineering and editing by Mackenzie Mazel and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, production and social media direction is by Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by AG, Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder, and our knowledgeable listeners. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is MullerSheWrote.com. Hi, I'm Dan Dunn, host of What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn, the most wildly entertaining adult beverage-themed podcast in the history of the medium. That's right, the boozy best of the best, baby. And we have the cool celebrity promos to prove it. Check this out. Hi, I'm Allison Janney, and you're here with me on What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. And that's my sexy voice. Boom. Boom is right, Academy Award winner Allison Janney. As you can see, celebrities just love this show. How cool is that? Hey, this is Scotty Pippen, and you're listening to The Dan Dunn Show. And wait, hold on. The name of the show is what? All right, sure. Scotty Pippen momentarily forgot the show's name, but there's a first time for everything. Hey, everyone. This is Scoot McNary. I'm here with Dan Dunn on What Are You Drinking? What's it called again? Fine, twice. But famous people really do love this show. Hi, this is Will Forte, and you're, for some reason, listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. What do you mean for some reason, Will Forte? What's going on? Hi, this is Kurt Russell. Listen, I escaped from New York, but I couldn't get the hell out of Dan Dunn's happy hour. Please send help. Send help? Oh, come on, Kurt Russell. Can somebody out there please help me? I'm Dita Von Tees, and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. <laughs> Let me try one more time. Come on. Is that right? What we're no, drinking? It's amazing. It, it's it amazing. Right, it's just... Is it right? Ah, that's better. So be like Dita Von Teese, friends, and listen to what we're drinking with Dan Dunn, available wherever you get your podcasts. M-S-W-Media.